commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. I'm Rex Combat, and you're listening to Core World News. Your Star Wars news cast for in-depth coverage and analysis for the latest stories from around the galaxy. CWN is also your home on the whole map for special reports, interviews, and interactive events involving you, the listener. Now for your segment rundown for September 19th, 2019. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Locked in for him to attack position. But first, rumors swirl that a solo spin-off series, possibly titled Crimson Dawn, may be on the horizon for Disney+. Plus. Now for your host, Ben Grant Adam, to discuss. Nice. Thanks very much, Grex. Yeah. Are you sure this isn't a headline from, I don't know, six months ago when we talked about this? <laughs> I mean, we even said the title six months ago, which yeah. is astounding. I know. And then, like, last week, too, we were just talking about how, I mean, just to toot your own horns a little bit here, I mean... This is yeah. Core World News. Um, and, I mean, we're talking about how they totally are not focusing on feature films. And a lot of that content that was go- everyone thought was going to be feature films, like they're dumping into Disney+. Plus. And it makes perfect sense that Crimson Dawn, you know, wouldn't be another lead up, you know, or follow up to Solo. Um, or it could be, but it'll just be in long form format, which would be such a fun, fun show. Yeah. Right. And we, we can't take all the credit for stirring that conversation because I think John Kasdan did post three logos on Twitter for three different crime syndicates uh, mm-hmm. set, you know, that, that exist in the galaxy far, far away. It's like so that, that that's kind of when the conversation began. We thought about what the show could be called, what characters we could be following, all this kind of stuff. But Crimson Dawn, that's just a great title. Like, that's just I mean, yeah. it's a no brainer. Um, yeah. Obviously, George wrote the Underworld, had the Underworld live at live action show. That yeah, he had and wrote. Like what, a hundred episodes of or something crazy like that? Yeah, and he, he got writers from uh twenty four and um the shield. <laughs> God, the I shield. forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. And and he shelved it, right? Because his idea was we'll come back to this when the technology is there because this whole thing was it was too it was too, gonna be too expensive to do and we're here now. Like that's the technology's there. Plus right. you have Disney bucks behind it. Right. And I, I wonder if he said, wow. I wonder if he used any of that. Um, oh, sorry, you go, Ben. Sorry, I was just gonna say, I wonder if he used any of that in like Clone Wars and stuff with Filoni. But, um, uh, but yeah, maybe not. It's great. Sorry, I think he, I think he did. I think he uh, some of the Palpatine stuff because I know that yeah. Insider talked about Palpatine being featured in the Underworld show, and that he, he kind of was sympathetic towards the Emperor and his struggles or whatever he was dealing with politically and you know personally and things like that. And so it was kind of an interesting show and in what it revealed about. The emperor um yeah and did you guys did you read uh anakin and obi-wan i'm sure you did yeah the, oh yeah the comic yeah. series i mean there was some great underworld palpatine there so i could instantly sort of imagine that you know mm-hmm. yeah and um but i, I imagine this is probably maybe john kazan's writing this uh maybe it's you know it's definitely gonna be based uh on the narrative that follows up after solo i imagine um, or before Solo. I mean, that'd be great, too. Especially because yeah. we have Kira in Crimson Dawn for a very long period before we catch back up with her character and Han meets her again on Voss's yacht or whatever. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. season one could be all Maul, right? And then, like, yeah. season two could be, like, Kira, like, he even recruiting Kira or something. Or, like, he does that in the finale. There's so many great characters there that Ooh, you could use. Yeah. But, obviously, let's give Ray Park some work. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. I love to be post solo, but with flashbacks of Kira and Maul, and, and that and that recruitment of her under you know to for him yeah, for yeah. him to take her on and maybe her her early training. <laughs> yeah. Her, uh, oh her, yeah. What what is that? Um, what is that fighting style called? Terrascada. Thank you. I knew you knew it, Adam. <laughs> the, I think the one time I wooed like audibly in the when we saw Solo together, it was like my woo moment. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, there's got a yeah, I remember that, I remember that yeah. really bad game. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> that was Deep a fun cut. game for its time. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. yeah, so this show will be super interesting. What a great follow-up to the Mandalorian, too, especially because we're gonna dive yes. deep into the you know the criminal underbelly of the galaxy, and then this show just takes right off with more criminal characters than you you know you thought you'd ever see on screen. Yeah, uh that's, I... that's kind of cool. Yeah, I love Solo, and, and I would have loved, like, a Solo, Lando, Boba Fett, like, soft trilogy or something, but part of me is kind of happy that Solo 
I'll just say underperformed. I mean, again, it made a ton of money and it's it's good, but didn't do what they were hoping it would do because I really, really like this idea for a TV show. And I'm actually more excited about this as a, as a TV series than than standalone movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, love, I love some Jabba too. Give me some more Jabba. Mm, mm-hmm. Give me some more Jabba. Other huts, maybe like other live action huts. That'd be pretty cool. Sure. Yeah, it's zero in there. You know, oh, yeah. you're talking about like TV versus movies, and we've talked about this a little bit, but like, are movies dead? Like, is it more fun to digest Star Wars in TV format? I mean, for, for one thing, I'll say when you put a thing as a feature film, it seems to be a hard target for trolls and whoever and dissenters and people that want to like divide America right now. But like the yeah. TV, the TV shows skate. Like no one, it's like, yeah. well, I'm not going to watch, you know, 100 episodes of a Star Wars thing just so I could go online and bash it or whatever. I don't know. It just seems like in right. the world's changing a lot right now. And maybe like TV is like long form series are the new feature film. Well, right? well, after after Disney, you know, devours Netflix, I'm sure the movies will come back and fold. <laughs> just they have to just deal with this this one streaming service right now. Yeah. Well, I think we can look to to Marvel, right, as a little bit of a, a, a what's going on is that I mean they have the yeah. what, like they have they have like a a really fascinating model that not a lot of people are talking about because they have limited series, which is like the Loki series, the Vision Wanda series, the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. And another one that I can't think of. And those series tie in directly to the movies. So they're going to set up what's going to happen in the movies. And there's going to be like this continuing storyline that. So now you're not getting the separation of like, well, this is TV and this is movies. There's going to be this kind of one overarching yeah. story. And then they have these other series like She-Hulk and Miss Marvel and Moon Knight that are going to be more, I think, standalone, like standalone series that take place in the universe, but aren't going to be kind of followed up in the films. And so I wonder if we're going to start getting the same stuff with Star Wars, right? You're going to have these kind of standalone shows, and then you're going to have these these other shows that tie into whatever the next two trilogies are going to be. Yeah. Which, of course, Star Wars is synergy, and Kathy's been great at promoting, you know, all that stuff. And we... Yeah, and we've seen this plan with other franchises in the past. Uh, Dune is doing this, actually. There's the Dune movie coming out, I think, next year by Denis Villeneuve. Um, Right. And they have, uh, I think Hulu, I don't remember which person, but they have spinoff shows that are going to spin off from mm-hmm. it. And the Dark Tower series was originally supposed to be, when when Ron Howard was was running it, it was originally supposed to be the movies and then series between the movies. Hmm. Yeah. Which huh. we never saw. <laughs> so like Firefly was like way, to, way ahead of its time. I mean, Yeah, and that was kind of... But same sort of idea, right? Them. Yeah, it was kind of voiced yeah. upon them because the series got, you know, just shelved. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, actually, it would make sense. It would be the same thing. It'd be like, oh, we got a solo feature, and then we've got these other series that spin out of the solo verse yeah. um, based on that one movie. Yeah. And then if cool they do well, maybe we do come back and get a Lando film, right? If yeah. those shows are popular, maybe we get right. our, our actual movies that we want, too. Right. Yeah. Because as long as Danny Glover's went down, that would be great. Yeah. I love the idea of Donald Glover writing a Lando series. Like, I would watch that series. I'd be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um, I also um, can't wait to talk yeah. about the Rose Tico comic in our in mm-hmm. the Kyber Crystal Comics Corner because I feel like a lot of the Disney Plus series we're getting are, uh, I would say, mature, probably for the older demo, uh, like heady, a lot more kind of uh, inter- introspective, action-packed. Yeah. It's either really, you know, cerebral or it's action-packed, Mandalorian and Obi-Wan. I think uh, like, like almost like what the Rose Tico comic does, which is it's almost like kids adventuring in the Star Wars galaxy, but there's no holds bar when it comes to production value. It's like you're still showing just bombastic, crazy starfighter battles. You're you're still showing all this incredible effects work, but it's just kids at the center of the story. It's like Goonies. Like I, I don't I that that would you know make waves in the public market. I feel like, and then also yeah. like you could do that with a Princess Leia show, or you could do Afra and show flashbacks of her childhood. Like you're, you really get an Amblin feel going, but I, I haven't seen it yet, and I would love to see that. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's also I mean, like what Star Wars story. It's like, what do I want to see a three hour Star Wars story or do I want to see a 10 hour Star Wars story? It's like, yeah, I'll take the 10 hour Star Wars story, you know? Yeah. And well, yeah, and yeah. there are these so many places, like you said, Grain, are sort of blossoming with these new sort of yeah. ideas and concepts and ways that they can, they can use the universe. Especially with the production value that's going into The Mandalorian. Like, I still, I've watched Ooh. that preview so many times, that trailer, because. I can't get over how cinematic it is. We're not talking about like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing, right? We're talking oh, about... Great. 
basically a movie, a mini, a movie miniseries. Basically, like you right. said, a movie over ten hours, which is just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that just seems the way things are going. It's like let's do high production value, long form series. It's, let's hope they keep writing it. Star Wars is prime for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting we're even getting like old school model work stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the best thing. I mean, Fabro was like, I want to go back and you know use the same techniques that um, that Lucas used to to make his, and like, but of course now he has all the other tools that is you know he has to polish things up. It's so great. Yeah. All right, thanks. This is the segment where we talk about the comics that came out this week. Uh, and this week, we're actually talking about comics that came out last week and this week, since we're a bit behind. Um, so we have Age of Resistance Snoke, Dr. Afro number 36, Age of Resistance Rose Tico, and Age of Resistance Ray. So a heavy, heavy Age of Resistance couple of weeks. Yeah, um, yeah why don't we start with Dr. Afra since she's the odd one out, uh, and then we'll move on to the Age of stuff. So. Uh, this week, we had Dr. Afro number 36, Unspeakable Rebel Super Weapon Part 5, uh, brought to you by Spurrier, Santos, Bolton, Wong, O'Halloran, Karamanga, uh, and Whittier. Uh, and here's my really short summary. Uh, like a true Bond villain, four monologues revealing her origin story and nefarious plans to assassinate the Emperor. All of this comes to no surprise to Afra as she demonstrates that she's been playing along since the start. Love it. That's it. There's a lot more to talk about, and it's a really, really great comic. But that's kind of my my quick pithy summary. Yeah, I love this issue. I thought it was incredible. It, it did feel like an oceans movie, though. I did. That yes. was my comment to you before we started uh, yeah, the perfect. show. It's like this yeah. just feels like <laughs> just an oceans movie where Danny Ocean or Afra in this case is just one ups, you know, the the other schemer in the plan, and uh, we get we get these kind of montages and these thought these thought you know monologue based montages throughout the the issue and that was kind of an interesting structure for star yeah. wars you know <laughs> to take <laughs> so i didn't get a chance to read this one is like she doing like spy archetypes like is it like heavy-handed like 007 is she wearing a different suit does she like look different like why is it so uh spy like I I would say it's more that Vor really, really feels like a Bond villain in this. Like, it is very much her... I, I like this idea of, like, I think that you're right, Grant, that, that Afra's more like Danny Ocean and Vor is more like, I don't know, every Bond villain ever. Like, really just... <laughs> and, and it's really wonderful watching, like, her, like, I've been the... What was it? The architect of your torture, whatever the really bad blow, uh, Blofeld, Blofeld line right, is. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just kind of goes over everything we've been reading for the past 10 issues, but in a really fun way of like, I did this and I did this and I planned this and this is why I, I'm going to kill the emperor. And then you get this like, what, what is it like 12 pages of this basically monologue, which is really well written. And then Afro kind of goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> right. It's setting up this assassination like it's a heist and it's this visual montage of each little step that, that mm -hmm. they, she's going to take to murder the emperor and then Afra and then to, you know, and much like any kind of undercover cop movie or show, Afra is recording the conversation in through It's almost like Michael Clay. It goes from it's two George Clooney movies. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. to Michael yeah. Clayton. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's You're really so effed right now. You're so effed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty, pretty much yeah but it's so uh, well, it's, i'm not the guy you kill i'm the guy you pay off so, i know but it's so great because her you know her ward don't call her a ward um is is there Vulad is there the entire time and it's kind of perfect because she's the one who's just going like wait what you know, it's <laughs> wait. We're not killing the emperor. <laughs> I know, and it's so well done to have that character there because it allows them to address everything in a way that feels organic to the story. They're not literally just monologuing. There's this girl just wait. I don't follow. Could you please explain more? <laughs> right. Wait. We're not killing a tyrant. Yeah. In the next hour. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love this this arc and how much Afra's like. Well, I'm working with the rebels. Well, I'm working with the empire. Well, I'm just working for myself. Well, I'm working over here for this. It's just like. Afra's always just working for Afra, and I love it. Right, yeah. and I think we knew Vader was in hot pursuit, right? And then now in mm -hmm. this issue, it's just it just ends so perfectly with such a nice bow, wherein Vader finally finds her, but she's 
fallen into the good graces of the Empire once again. So <laughs> I'm excited for what uh, adventures await for this character. I, I've commented in the past about the overuse of Vader in the comics. Um, this does not fall under that. This is the perfect use of Vader. Like the penultimate page of this issue is one of my favorite pages of comics in the Star Wars universe, which is just Vader's introduction without actually seeing Vader, but knowing it and just watching the character's facial expression, uh, especially Aphra as she realizes that Vader's here is just what we want. Vader equals yeah. dread, dread in such a wonderful way. Yeah. Almost like a comic way, right? Like it's mm -hmm. sort of, I mean, he looks ridiculous. Yeah. And, and this is sort of like a slap sticky thing. And then he comes in and he, but he, there's no doubting that he like, he is the face of death. Like, if, yes. You know. So the design of Vader's helmet, was that Palpatine's idea? Like, does that stem back to some kind of Sith, uh, you know, art style or something? This is speculation territory. This is just right speculation here. territory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I always thought it was just like, you know, pattern after the vote, you know, the, breathing apparatus at the time it kind of looked like some of the other droids that were there but you have this sort of helmet because it has to be sealed in kind of looks like his hair i don't know i mean but it's it basically like, it looks like a samurai helmet yeah, yeah exactly it does i mean, yeah, I I was mean gonna that's, say. that's the real inspiration but <laughs> right like, i mean like but what's the in-world inspiration i thought that's what you were asking well, I, was saying, I, was gonna, I was gonna ask do you want the lucas 1975 answer or the <laughs> Star Wars Universe 2019. I want the Disney takeover. Let's twist it in an interesting direction. It's it's okay. a it's a it's a version of a Sith helmet from way back when. I guarantee you. Guarantee. But, yeah, and, and yeah. if we get the Knights of the Old Public or we get a series that stems back, you know, five thousand years, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw more helmets like that. Yes, yeah, totally. Because they're straight up samurai helmets. Yes. Um, yeah, and yeah, I love the line where he's like, "Your empire needs you, Doctor." Mm. It's like oh, so good. But that that second to last page where she's covering that child's that child's eyes, because notice it's after what's her name has been beheaded, right? So she's not covering her eyes so that she doesn't see violence. She's covering her eyes because she assumes Vader's about to slaughter them both. Yeah, pretty much. Like it's dark. That page is <laughs> really dark. It's and again in a way that it needs to be when you're dealing with Vader because that's yeah. her. She doesn't know. She doesn't know what Vader's going to do, and and probably assumes that Vader's going to, you know, dissect you or bisect you with a lightsaber is a fair assumption, right? Yeah. Or choke you out, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also cool. a bit of revenge in this issue. It's got this issue really had it all. I mean, this is also revenge. Uh, Afro discovers the uh, uh, what's her what's her name the Ministry of propaganda what's her name adam uh voor 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 uh yeah she comes to realize that voor uh you know would order her order imperial soldiers to dress in the garb of bandits and pirates and just mm -hmm. stoke fear on planets all around the galaxy and and her her mother she knows was killed by pirates who were, you know, were imposter pirates that, you know, the imperial imposters. So, like, it must have been her, and it's, it's this wonderful revenge arc that occurs. It's, so she's really avenging her mother in the issue, too, which is something we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't skip over, because that, that was major. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love all the, uh, the kind of axioms that her mother shared with her, and that, you know, they, she talks about throughout the issue and in past issues. Mm -hmm. Really wonderful relationship, so... Sounds like an awesome episode. Afro show, Afro show, take a yeah, please, yes, yes, please. All right, Snoke. Yeah, do it. All right. So last week we had Age of Resistance, Supreme Leader Snoke. The title was Fail or Kill It. Tom Taylor is on the story. Leonard Kirk pencils. Corey Hampshire on inks. Guru EFX colors, and VCs Travis Lanham on lettering. Uh, this issue was fascinating. Uh, mm. Snoke takes Kylo Ren to Dagobah to confront the memories holding him back from walking the dark path. That's kind of my short summary of the issue. Oh, that's awesome. So much better than what I had. Um, I had I had trouble uh, summarizing this when I wrote mine, um, just because it was very like it, I didn't want to be like my original summary is like basically swap yoda for snoke ben for luke <laughs> the end like and, and and that felt really and that but the, 
And I wrote that, and then I like, well, I deleted that because that's felt super snarky in a way that I wasn't necessarily meaning. Because yes, it is very much that you get the you get the tree moment with Ren instead of Luke, and you get and you get and you get Snoke there instead of Yoda. But there's more than that going on, right? Two like, very yeah, different yeah. outcomes. Yeah. I would yes. Right. It, it's literally that, but it's it has. I mean, they go very different ways, and that's the that's the whole point. The the interesting thing is, while Luke failed at the tree, yeah, I think, exactly. I think Ren. I think I think Ben succeeded at the You're tree. You're right. Because yeah. Snoke smirks, and Yoda is visibly concerned and disappointed, and it's just two different outcomes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think I think they swapped, like right, because I mean, Ren huh. does not kill his parents. Right, he doesn't yeah, do that. Even, yeah. Destroys the dark temple, basically. Like it's it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it just blows the whole thing up, and and then and we see him fool Snoke. So that time in the, you know, in the throne room was not the first time. I thought that was amazing. Like that, that they set it up yeah. and be like, oh no, he can he can get around Snoke. Like, and he's just been he's just been waiting for his time. So now that we've said what we like, I want to use what Ben just said to talk about. What I see is a bit of a weakness with the age of uh, resistance comics in general, um, and it's yeah. nothing to do with with Tom Taylor. He's doing an amazing job. I really like what he's doing with characters. It's just that, as we talked about in the past episodes, you can't do too much with these characters because we're mid story with them, right? Like we don't know what episode nine is going to be. So this Snoke comic, in a lot of ways, is just a Kylo Ren comic, right? And that was kind of my right. major textings with you guys i was like this is this has more to do with kylo ren almost than snow yeah. because uh this is really transformative yeah. for kylo and the more i've sat with this this issue i've actually more i liked it the more i've thought about it but the other thing is that what what a lot of these comics can do and can only do because we're mid-story is uh confirm the characteristics of the characters right, right. and so this you one very much setting up that oh kylo's conflicted oh uh, Snoke doesn't like his his obsession with Vader. Oh, you know he can trick Snoke, and we got the same thing when we saw like the Holdo comic, right? The Holdo special yeah. was very much like, oh, she she this is where she learned the Holdo maneuver, right? Which provides us, I don't know, I was gonna say depth, but not really. Like it just kind of confirms, and we're gonna re revisit this quote unquote critique that I have in a in a couple of minutes. Um, but uh, but again really enjoy the comic it's just it's just a light lighter piece am i yeah, totally it, off am i being too negative i don't know no no i mean it's no one's fault i mean no. i'm glad we have a you're glad there's a comic that exists Absolutely. it's a snow comic right you know it's just not giving you the juicy stuff you need but that's not disney's fault it's no one's fault except that they don't want to blow this next story yeah. we're gonna see you know i mean i guess i should shut the hell up because we get kylo ren at the tree and dagobah like as a star wars nerd <laughs> what more could i ask for right right <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting i mean it, you know yeah. yes it's retreading old territory but that's kind of some of the magic is like when you see those callbacks that come out of nowhere i mean it just gives me chills i, I don't know yeah it doesn't yeah. matter how dumb they are but it's like yeah. if i see you know, Dengar in like a TV show. I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah, me too, for a different reason. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think this does promote some speculation though, because yeah. you have to ask the question, how does Snoke know about Luke's training yes. on Dagobah? Uh good point. Yeah, and why does Snoke fear and revere Luke Skywalker? And also uh right. one line where Snoke says, you know, if I had your uncle by my side. Uh, the galaxy would have been mine a long time ago. Like, yeah, a long was. time ago. Does that mean, like, you know, 20 odd years ago? Like, because that's long, but that's not long. It's not like yeah. I wouldn't. I guess it just, I'd say a long time ago, but. Yeah, maybe. It just means when yeah. he was the emperor. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, honestly, Adam, I will that be theory somewhat upset. That exists. <laughs> that that's true. Exists, I'm going to be so upset. I hope it's not true. I mean, again, jokey. I really hope. I I don't think it will be. What? Like, come on. Like that's if he, so. If he's like a failed clone of Luke, and there's like a bunch of them, that's fine. I'm I'm okay yeah. with that. But if he's like Palpatine, and Palpatine's possessing people and body jumping from body to body, that's gonna upset me deeply. I'd rather him never be explained than that be the explanation. Does that make sense? Like, I'd rather him always yeah. be a mystery than that be the revelation. I, I think that's what we're gonna get, I like man. I think he's just, like, he's just a different guy. 
Maybe yeah. that is the end. Like we're now in speculation, but right, Yoda. We have Yoda, right? Yoda's never really been explained to us. Um, even if we get like a young Yoda story, which would be awesome, it's still not going to be like <laughs> it's. It's still not going to be like who, what, like they don't. They won't name where he's from, right? They won't name these things. And maybe we get the same thing with Snoke. Is that we get these little glimpses? Even if we get like a young Snoke, it's never going to be like a full explanation of who this person is, which. I kind of love that about the old Star Wars is not everything needs a deep explanation. Right. And it's actually pretty cool that there's not one. I mean, if you look at the species cat um, books, like they don't have one for Yoda either because they, they, they want to tell that story later or yeah. like what you're saying, it's just cool to not know. It's like, there's a um, lot of, it's a big galaxy. There's stuff we don't know. You know, imagine if like 30 years from now, we're sitting watching like Star Wars with our grandkids and our grandchild looks at us and says, who's Snoke? And we're 30 years down the line. We're still like, I don't know. They never know. explained it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I don't know That's, if I'm, I like that or I, or that would give me an instant stroke. Well, they can give us pieces without, you know, explicitly explaining it. You know, they can tell yeah. us more about him without really being like, oh, that's who he is. You know? Yeah. Well, he does wear gold, and he has that Dwarty ring, and the Dwarty, and we know about the Dwarty statues in Palpatine's office. They were gold. Yeah. Like, are we going to see more black and gold, and could that be the coloration of, like, the technology Palpatine might use in the next movie? Or, you know, Possibly. are they going to build that out a little bit more, you know, and, like, really explore that, yeah. that ancient golden whatever? Well, I would like love that. more Dwarty, like, history in my Star Wars. Like, yeah, let's, let's bring back He seems like Lord of the Dwarty. Because like he's wearing gold robes and he has the gold ring and it's like he seems more Duarte, uh, seems like more of a fan of Duarte than even Palpatine. That would be really that. cool. Yeah, especially Sorry, if you Adam. did it. No, no, I was. We were saying the exact same thing at the exact same time, which is <laughs> great. Um, yeah, but it'd be good to have that and have that there for for the fans who want to dig deep into it. Like, don't give us a giant monologue. Don't give us this. But there's enough there to be like, oh yeah, he's Lord of the Duarte. But yeah, but. If, yeah, but if I'm guessing what the color scheme is going to be of Palpatine stuff, um, I don't know, red? Red, maybe red and black. Yeah. yeah. But I love your idea, Grant. I want to see more of that. What if What if Snoke was the dark apprentice of the Unknown Regions and, and Vader was the other apprentice who, who operated within the galaxy? Yeah, that'd be cool. Palpatine did have many apprentices, right? Yeah. He didn't know it. I mean, he had Anakin, essentially, and Dooku at the same time. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, he's yeah. and Dooku had like a rogue apprentice. You know, they all have apprentices here and there. And I'm sure like Palpatine is not like he's a disruptor. Like he's like that's a you know rule of two is cute, but like I'm going to conquer say, the galaxy. Yeah. He does not play by the rule of two. He plays by the rule of one, which is himself and anything that can make himself live forever. So if that means multiple, uh, you know, Sith apprentices, so be it. All right. Yeah, we know there are yeah, I love that environments and storms and yeah, and, uh, it just dangerous locations out in the unknown regions. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Snoke was shaped by those that kind of environment. It's hostile, you know. He does have a couple noticeable scars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Noticeable might be overstating it. Um, I yeah, want to uh, know it. I'd like to know what those are about. One looks a lot too. like a like a lightsaber. Uh, to the head, so. yeah. So the planet in the beginning of this issue, I believe it's called like the the Rarlek system or something. It sort of looks like the planet seen in the Tross teaser that Kylo yeah. Kylo lands a ship on. Mm. And there's lightning. Yeah. There are crystal. It's, it's purplish. It's like sandy and crystalline. And yeah. it's, it is, there's storms. It looks it's similar. Yeah, I could totally see that. Uh, ben, and to, to kind of go back to your giant facial scar. Yeah, it looks like a lightsaber. Also, looks like what happened if you survived a Death Star exploding. Um, oh, see, my, see my Tarkin theory? <laughs> <laughs> a Tarkin. Cause, yeah, because he's the kind of guy who would change his name feet? to Snoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, I'm going for long odds here because I when I'm right, I'm going to look like a genius. <laughs> I would love if Tarkin survived that. It was just like he's got tougher because, like, his backstory is so good. He's tougher than leather. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. He'd be Tarkin, or he would just call himself the Carrion Spear or something. Like, he'd give himself a tougher name. Yeah, 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 the Carrion Spear? I am the Carrion Spear. 
That is like a dark that's Sorry, like a dark his, comic circa like 1999. Well, his ship was called the Carrion Spike. Sorry, so yeah, right. that was what I was going for. Carrion Spike. Yes. But you get either one of those would probably ring true to total Tarkin. Nice. Now I just now I just want Snoke to be Tarkin. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> You're never gonna get that grant. I'm sorry. Oh, just wait. Just wait. Less than a hundred. Less than a hundred days, and we're gonna find out. Well, I'm gonna get Thrawn at the end of this next movie, so I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. We're gonna oh, get really? we're gonna get Thrawn. We're gonna get Tarkin as Snow. Or a protesting. <laughs> Are we gonna get Ahsoka? Is Ahsoka gonna be in there too? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. I can't promise that. Ezra Bridger. We're gonna get some no, Ezra Bridger Thrawn. reveal. I was I was weirdly thinking that the Snoke might have been Ezra for a while. I was kind of on that on that wagon for a while. I'm no longer he's on that wagon. I was he's like, eight feet tall. Noses. They're similar noses. Yeah. He's eight feet yeah. tall. Yeah, things happen when you ride space whales and get sucked through vortexes. Not getting eight feet tall. That doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. He's a <laughs> All right. Clone. Science, apparently. <laughs> yeah, kids science. Star Wars science. <laughs> That's a, that's a question we do have to investigate in future episodes: is how much science do we want in the Rise of Skywalker? Because very little, a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's jump to the next comic. All right. Uh, I think we're gonna do Rose Tico. Rose right, you want to Tico. Take that? Yep. I'll grab that one up. Uh, so this one, uh, Age of Resistance, Rose Tico, uh, called My Hero, uh, written by Tom Taylor, uh, Ramon uh, Russ. Rosanas on the art, Guru EFX on the colors, BC Travis Lanham on the lettering, uh, Phil Noto on the cover. Um, uh, so, short summary, uh, this is the thrilling story of how the Tico sisters came to serve in General Leia's resistance. And it kind of, it, it really encompasses their origin, their home world, uh, their, their, their troubles in their home world, and their joining, their, their time joining resistance and uh, finding, finding their way through. Is this pre-Cobalt Squadron, then? Pre and post. Yeah, pre and post. Oh. It's really, it really encompasses uh, their, I think, their lives up until the beginning of The Last Jedi. Yes, it looks like she's probably about about uh, about to get called out on the mission that's going uh, to be like The bomber mission? Yes, yeah. oh, which makes cool. so, yeah. the last so line that... very sad, which is Rose thinking to herself, I honestly believe Rose is destined for something great. Yeah. And that's when you find out Paige is narrating this issue. Yeah, it's uh, such a great. Yeah, it's so good. I, I have to. Say, wow. Yeah, I have to say, um, I think this is my favorite Age of Resistance comic so far. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah There's been some this, good ones, man. I've enjoyed all. Of them, but this is yeah. So have I. Finn was really good, but I think this is my favorite so far. Yeah, this was. I think this was the strongest comic I've read in a while, and uh, it's it's just. It's it's gore. It's really a beautiful story, and I would love to see this as a short film. It's just it's got all that amble and charm of like two kids growing up together, uh, yeah. kind of in coming of age and, and learning about the you know the problems of, in the galaxy and, and things like that. It's just a really really beautiful story. I actively got somewhat choked up when uh, Leia comes to talk to the sisters. Oh, yeah, man. me too. Yeah, yeah, like it, it was done so well. Just these these two sisters who their parents gave up everything just to get them off world away from the first order, and they join the resistance, and their planet's basically destroyed. Their parents are dead, and Leia having to talk to them about I know what it's like to lose everyone you loved is just amazing. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I love when she's like, "Do you want to be a minor inconvenience?" Or do you want to be a constant frustrating pain in their side? And I just, I just thought that was beautiful. <laughs> it was like Churchill. Yeah. I mean, she really is like the Churchill of this, these new movies. Oh, totally. And yeah, she is. I never thought about that. No, me either. But that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, really cool. They're in a simulator in the beginning. Uh, I, I don't know if I've seen a flight simulator in Star Wars. Maybe I have in another comic. Oh, there's a few. There's there a few. Maybe f- an Afra. Third to, I mean, Ray. So Ray is supposed to be using one constantly in her uh, when she's sitting in her uh, uh, Imperial Walker home on Jakku. Oh, very cool. That's well, so that's there's, there was one in Alphabet Squadron, remember? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they did right. a mission in, uh, in a simulator. Yeah, yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's very uh, Ender's <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. Um, I love when Rose illustrates her knowledge of, of kind of machinery and uh, 
technology when she's like, oh, yeah, this ship's fast because it has two income uh, corporation fission engines. And I was just like, yeah, it's like I can see her being very useful to the ensemble in nine. You know, like yeah. she is going to change the game when whenever they come into uh, come come to face an obstacle. Yeah, I know we've talked of her possibly t kind of being the, the leader of the resistance. And it'd be really interesting if, because we didn't really see this side in many Star Wars movies, but if she's the one basically running the operations day to day, like running yeah. the, like all, like, like just all the, basically like what, what we call like the science division, right, of, of the, of the resistance or the rebellion at this point it would be kind of amazing if she was the, the head, the head nerd. In a lot of ways. So you think if yeah. they do find if they do find a MacGuffin, if they do find ancient technology that serves as a MacGuffin in the story, you think Rose might do the breakdown of what it could be and yeah. where the metals are sourced. Totally. From, and know. she cracks it. Like that'd be awesome. That'd be like a yeah. new role. We we haven't seen something like that in a Star Wars film before. Yeah, like a Q. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like yeah. That. Totally. Um, yeah. Um, Grant, have you you haven't read Cobalt Squadron, right? No. I, I think not. you should. I think you might really like it if you like that. That's what Cobalt Squadron is. It's like her, like elbow deep in like compressors and like yeah. ventilators, you know, circuits and like all this crazy stuff, uh, yeah. trying to keep a, a bomber together. So it, oh, you, very might, cool. you yeah. might love it. it it's up. very techy and it's it it goes very fast. And one of my favorite things in it is um, I'm going to spoil this for for you, Grant, for others who haven't That's read fine. it, but but. Um, it takes place during the events of Episode Seven when the Cobalt Squadron's out running a different mission, yeah. and what happens when a is discussed? Like it affects hyperspace, oh, which cool. is really like I remember listening to that because that's that when I was listening to it on tape in my car. Tape. What am I? Thirty-nine. <laughs> um, oh, beta cassette. <laughs> I was listening on my eight-track. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, my point is that that I was listening to it. I was just kind of riveted as I was driving. This idea of like it, it wasn't. It didn't get super sciency too far, but the idea that yes, something like that would reverberate through hyperspace, like the destruction of of worlds. It was really neat. That makes Science. sense. Like like almost like a gravity wells created or something. Yeah. 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 Um, fascinating. I, uh, go ahead. No, 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 that's fascinating. I just, I definitely yeah. want to read that. I want to talk uh, momentarily about, you know, we, we've hit on some of these in the past. Each uh, age of ends with a short um, essay by someone, um, and this <laughs> one was well by by like a varying stable. Yeah, no, you're right. And this one was by Bria Lavorgna, uh, who's written quite a few of them. Um, but she, this was a very different one because a lot of them talks about the character and kind of the history of the character. And this touches on this, but this was about Bria's experience in, in celebration 2017 when they announced Rose. Um, yeah. And the fact that she saw another Asian, uh, an Asian actress representing yeah. her and, and, and her basically almost collapsing and, and feeling so emotional. And the fact that Kelly Marie Tran was the one who basically came up to her and said, are, are you okay? Like, it, <laughs> it, it, it was it was amazing. It really made me very emotional in a very, in a very way. Yeah, it's a really beautifully written essay. I it's, can't it, wait to read this comic, dude. This sounds like the best one yet. It's amazing. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, and those, I, I mean, those ending great. parts are, like, my favorite things. Because, like, yeah. I mean, there's been a couple that have been like, all right, we know all this. You're not telling yeah. me anything. Yeah. There's been a lot of really great stories at the end of these comics, too. So that's awesome, yeah. man. Glad they did this one right. Yeah. Your representation is important, and hopefully we get more of that. And that's what Disney and Kathleen Kennedy have done so well, is really just diversifying yeah. and, create, and creating an environment of inclusion. And it's just like, this is this is the Star Wars we want and need for the next yeah. generation. Yeah. So. And, and in yeah. such a, a way that serves the story that I just love. Like, it's just, it just... Yeah. It makes sense. Like I, I grew up watching Luke Skywalker and relating to Luke Skywalker, and I am now a somewhat middle-aged man, and I relate to Ray just as much. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I relate to Rose. Like you can relate to people even if they aren't don't match your demographics exactly. And Star Wars is always able to, especially now, be diverse yet relatable to everyone, and that's yeah. so great. I've yeah. always identified with Nine Nub. Yeah, that's that's my guy. I mean, what's more diverse than relating to an alien? You're right, exactly. 
Um, awesome. And so then we, the speaking of Ray, right? Um, we it. get a Ray comic. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So Age of Resistance Ray in Alone. Um, and this is brought to you by the exact same people who brought you Rose Tico. So I'm just oh. going to say that. That makes it easy cool. for me. Thank you, Grant, for naming everyone. <laughs> uh, no problem. So here's my short summary. Uh, on her way to Octu, Ray and Chewie are sidetracked by the Necropolis, a ship graveyard run by Aranai, or Arani. Uh, Ray must use everything Han and Leia taught her to overthrow this despot. That's perfect. my summary. Yeah, perfect it, summary. It was a weird, it was hard to write the summary because when I was thinking about this story, it's actually told to me, to me it seems like two somewhat separate vignettes. Um, and the entire story takes place uh, after Ray and Ray returns to Dakar. Um, and after that, and before she arrives at Octu. And so the first half of the story takes place on Dakar with her basically just talking with Leia. And the second half takes place during her trip to Octu. Um, but this uh, is kind of one of those unbelievable comics that if someone had read it and told me about this incident occurring <laughs> between the Force yeah. Awakens and the Last Jedi, I would say, no way. <laughs> yeah. I there's a lot I like about this comic and there's a lot that I kind of went okay like it's it seems to me weird and it's tongue in, it's to be fair it is very tongue in cheek it knows what it's doing and it admits yeah. what it's doing which I appreciate but the fact that she basically says um you know so Ray after this says to Chewie sorry it took a while I had to overthrow a vicious despot and install a new <laughs> like literally yeah. that happens between episode seven and episode eight Wow. I mean, it seems like a bit much. But, it is. But it knows but hey, much. So, all right. Yeah. Well, hey, space opera. Right. right their compressor yeah. goes haywire. They have to land on this junk world. Uh, the Aranea, the giant insectoid kind of lord of the junk planet, uh, is trying to keep them, uh, is trying to, you know, trap her there on the planet. But then she finds, like, I don't know what the ship type is called, but she finds, like, the slave one yeah, in the does. junk yeah. pile. And yeah. pilot. What? <laughs> yep. Yeah. This is, but Ben, keep this in mind. I love the fact that you didn't read this because I love just having to tell you this. Yeah. This is, yeah. What Ben just explained happens in like five pages. Like this. Yeah. What this is is only half the comic. Like it's not even the full Wait. twenty pages. I have another question. I'm slave. sorry. Is it Slave One? No. It's not Slave One. It's, not, sure slave it's one. not Slave One. It's well, just the same. But it's I don't think it is, but because Slave One is um can canonically uh actually at Takadana, uh according to Battlefront 15. Uh Battlefront the latest one, 2017. Really? Um yeah, it's at um it's it's funny, it's like um uh Maz has it like parked in her like in front of her place with a tarp over it. But it's like it's slave one. Well, then I think we could say it's not Slave One. Then. It's not. Okay. Slave. It was yeah. just. I just wanted to bring that it's... in case there was a Slave One reference. Like that's that's nope. like canonically. That's they never it who knows? call it. It's it might be Maz's ship. It might. Yeah. It might be Slave Two. Who knows? But it's definitely. Uh, it's definitely the same. Uh, uh, what's it called? I don't know. Uh, starship type. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I really enjoyed the first half of this comic. And the second half was fun, but there's the things I like from the first half um, is we actually get to see the scene where Ray has to tell Leia what happened to Han, uh, which is kind of wonderful, even though um, Leia says, I know what happened. I felt it, but tell me anyway. So it's kind of this amazing, you know, you kind of get that uh. you need it too of her just hearing the story of Han basically sacrificing himself and and Leia having to do this whole thing of like Han always ran away but but this time didn't you know like kind of amazing that's really cool and also you get Leia um confirmed using the force more like I'm wondering this is building towards something in trust where she's like knows a bunch about the force but I think we have to get something in, in trust with, with that, right? I mean, like, it's hard. We know that she feels it. We see her react, right? In, uh, do we see her react to episode seven? Yeah. Uh, yeah, right? we, we totally do. Yeah. 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 She so, does. She, she feels it. Yeah, we get a shot of her. 
she reacts, and then in episode eight, we know that she kind of is talking with her son, and then we see her force uh, pull herself back to right. We see her use it, so it's, it'd be weird. Yeah. Granted, I know there's only so much they can do because they they have to work with the footage that was shot, but it'd be odd from a storytelling standpoint to introduce something in Act One, reinforce it in Act Two, and not build or build upon it in, in Act Two, and then not finish that story in Act Three, which would be Tross, right? Yeah. Huh. Cool. Well, that's so. There's, so there's some nuggets in here that are that are pretty valuable. There yeah. is, yeah. There's also some mixed messaging going on. Uh, yeah. And, and this, uh, if you look at the Force Awakens and you look at this comic, there's a bit of mis messaging going on. Yeah. And I wonder if there's a correction course happening here in terms of her as a character and her motivations and whatnot. Because uh, in this comic, they talk about how she was abandoned, and she has this inner monologue about, you know, I was abandoned. And then when she tells Leia about how Han fell. Uh, confronting ben um she also says in 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 her head she says abandoned again yeah but Aww. there's a beat in the force awakens where she says you know she has to go back to jakku because people yep. are coming back for her there's a beat in the force Awakens. yes there is says, there a hundred percent is that's the whole reason why she doesn't want to leave like that's why when right. when finn when she's up in space i mean i agree grant i feel like if you had read this comic after episode seven, but before episode eight, it would have felt really odd from a character's yeah. standpoint. It feels very informed by episode eight in a way. Yeah. Even huh. episode eight, I don't know, answered that in a satisfying way, that, that beat. Or at least Yeah. At least acknowledged that beat in a satisfying way. Like that beat hasn't been acknowledged yet. I don't know. I kind of got the feeling that she has accepted that quote unquote truth from Kylo by the end of episode eight that she is that, that nobody yeah yeah but i don't know i don't know oh, uh, in, the, in the novel i read the the uh, force awakens novel and um when someone leaves her on jakku uh, this is probably alan dean foster whatever poetic license but it's like someone says uh i'll be back sweetheart or something like that to her huh. yeah hmm. really definitely check it out yeah someone uh, someone does say something to her, and that's what always made me think it was han yeah for the speculation yeah. speculation head on which we're about to do in a second I mean, if but, there were a good per if there were a good person, that would explain why she wants them to come back. I mean, there's a certain point where it's like, yeah, you were abandoned on this dirt ball. Like, why would why do you even want to see those people again, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I so, don't understand that. Maybe I'll never understand that beat. Yeah. All, All right. right. That's it for All comments. Right, we're gonna right? go in. Yeah, that's it. Nice, but um, more Ray uh, coming up soon. That's right. Lock in pause in attack position. Alrighty, welcome back. This is our lock tinfoil to attack positions segment, and that means we're all going to put on our tinfoil hats and uh, adjust them ever so carefully, um, <laughs> tune them correctly. Yep, and this yep, yeah, and we'll find that frequency. We'll uh, link in, we'll connect, and here we go. Uh, this week we're going to talk about a question uh, that I've been thinking about, and um, I shared with you guys over text, and we talked about it a bit before the live show, and that is. Is the Skywalker bloodline tainted by the dark side? If so, to what degree? Did a phantom menace influence midichlorians to create Anakin Skywalker? Or was he the natural offspring of Shmi and a child of the Force? That is the question we'll be grappling with on this week. I piece. love this question. This is a question I've been thinking about pretty much since episode one came out. Yeah, uh, and and I will. I'm just going to take it over. I'm going first, guys. Deal with it. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm I glad think, you did. Yeah. Um, yes, it is a tainted bloodline. It is a bloodline that has brought nothing but misery to the galaxy. Um, even though I love Luke, and I think Luke's, I, I, I think Luke did his part. So my theory going through all this is that, yep, he was brought to being via Palpatine. Maybe Palpatine and uh, Plagueis, but depending on canon. But that, yes, he was created via the dark side. Anakin was, I should say. Um, and then it was a prophecy misread. And I think so, the... Go ahead. Please jump so bran Branching off of that, yeah. you think that will be a major reveal in the Rise of Skywalker? Yes, I think, I think that Rey is the true virgins in the Force. That's going to be revealed. That her parents literally were nobodies, no ones, and that and that she is the actual chosen one. And Luke's path through the entirety of this is a really important path that wasn't revealed, which is the teacher, the one, the mentor, the one who brings this person 
through the trials, tribulations, and allows them to actually bring balance to the force. Yeah, that's my I love thought. that. I love that because that even goes with the prophecy that we've read that through through, you know, your greatest apprentice, or will you have will you you know find life again or return to life or bring balance or whatever it may be in the prophecy. But right. Luke is definitely a teacher, and Ray was definitely his apprentice, and um, that begs a lot of questions. But uh, at the same time. Uh, like, so you don't think you think Ray is the true chosen one, and you yes. don't think there could be any kind of dark entanglement with that character? Oh, there totally could, but I'm saying what I think and what I want. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I want yeah. that as well. I, I, like, yeah. I like that as well. Yeah, and I have to say, like, that is the way that, like, it feels like signs are pointing right now uh, to me, and be, yeah. based on like what we've seen. Because, like, what is Rey, right? And, like, what else could she be? This has been a mythology about chosen ones. But, I mean, my prevailing theory up until, you know, even a couple weeks ago was mm-hmm. that, yes, uh, Palpatine and, and Plagueis, because, like, I can't unread um, Plagueis, right. the novel, which is not canon. Yeah. Um, but it, it will always be headcanon because it was just a, such a brilliant book that really yeah. brought the Phantom Menace into context in a way that made it profound, like to make it, it prof- totally, like totally profound movie. Um, and I just, so I, I had always thought that it was like, yes, he, he contaminated the bloodline, but that was all part of the forces plan. Mm-hmm. And Anakin was the chosen one. And, and, and you know, We've seen some other things in Rebels that suggest, like, Obi-Wan thinks that Luke's the chosen one. Um, in, in the final scene with Maul, he's like, is he the chosen one? And uh, Maul says to Anakin. And yeah. um, that is what, um, you know, and, and, and he says yes. Uh, and, uh, I'm sorry, to uh, Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan says yes. So, I don't know. Like, I always... I, it seems sort of crazy to have this be so much about Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader and Skywalker to have it be somewhat at the last minute. That's not like, Oh no, surprise. That's a cool story too. And that's what this, this is about. But the real chosen one is this person that, that uh, Ray that came at the very end. Right. I get that. And I like that. I like that idea of kind of this, this, this idea that the, the, the force is a will of its own, even beyond the dark side, right? Like that's awesome too. I guess my thought would be that you could still tell a story in a satisfying way where all all of the teachers right that we've seen yoda qui-gon obi-wan and uh, 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 and then luke have been passing down these teachings to teach the chosen one i think right. the only only way that would work because i think you're right there's something about like we've put so much of, of our storytelling into anakin is we're gonna have to have if, if it goes the way i, I kind of want to go is we're going to have to have a Hayden Christensen cameo. Right? I hope we do. How yeah. cool would that yeah. be? I'm on board. Would, yeah. I would be floored. And I, I mean, I had been, I've been calling for this for years. I, I called this before force awakens. I wanted, uh, I was like, will we see a Hayden Christian cameo? Like I, I wanted to see it. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. I, I hope they do do it. Me too. What do you think right now? Just off, not to like sidetrack us even more because Grant hasn't even had a chance to answer his own question. But nonetheless, I'm gonna, I, <laughs> I nonetheless, I don't know where I'm going to go with this. Nonetheless, I'm going to do it. Odds that we see Hayden Christensen in epics. Percentage. Five to one. I, I, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. there's. I think there's an eighty percent chance we see yeah. Hayden Christensen. Oh, that's right, right. I was going to say seventy-five. So I think we're kind of on the same page. What do you think, Grant? Yeah, I'll say I'll say eighty percent. All right, so we're all kind of on all the right. same page. We're all on the same. We're all thinking the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I really think the interesting way to bring Anakin into the movie would be to repair the saber. I think that would be the key oh, way to bring. Such him a into good the idea. Uh, I think if if that saber gets repaired, I think Anakin should do it because he's the one who tainted the saber in the first place, and uh, and that should be what you know the title of the film, The Rise of Skywalker, should be Vader's ghost speaking to Rey and repairing some aspect of her memory or the saber or her life or something and just showing her that, you know, he's good, you know, and he's always, and that he's redeeming himself even in the afterlife uh, for I, redeeming himself further. Grant, I can't even tell you how much I love that theory. Yeah. Me, I can't even tell you. Yeah. I, 
I, I just it's too good to actually happen. That's how good <laughs> it is. But We're imagine not if this like series just took a left hand turn and like she's being mentored by Hayden Christensen. Uh, Anna, young Anakin Skywalker, like good Anakin Skywalker, uh -huh. and and especially, but especially the like Healy's like this is how this lightsaber goes together, and this is why, like that moment yeah. would be Wait. probably, I don't know, I mean it'd be it would transcend, incredible. it would be yeah. transcended, and it would be amazing yeah. to do as a surprise reveal, right? Like you you know she's talking to a Force ghost, you think it's Luke, and, and you get James Earl Jones first, you get James yeah. Earl Jones first as. A shadowy incarnation of Vader of the. Yeah, oh, so would be so great if it like and sort then, of flut fluttered, like if he fluttered back and forth yeah. between Vader and Anakin right. with no, James no. Earl Jones and his voice. Oh my God, can you imagine? See, I'm, that? I'm being threatening and intimidating at first, but then turns into like a beacon of light that's hidden. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? that's like almost Ooh. like Lord of the Rings esque. Like Galadriel will show off her dark Storm Queen side now and again, and then she'll go back to her. Which you know, would be an amazing people. story, right? That Anakin yeah. forever is going to be fighting Vader, right? Like, this isn't something he can just slough off like dead skin, yeah. right? Like, this has corrupted his soul to the point that he always has to have this. It's always in him, and he has to push it down, right? And, right. and he was really two people. Yeah. He's, yeah, he was both sides of the Force. Like, there's yeah. the Mortis arc, and they were instantiated in different people, but, like, he's the instantiation of the Force in one person, and it's like this sort of... Yeah, schizophrenic thing. That would be so really so mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be the way I would bring him to the movie. I don't know what JJ's plans are. Um, and then I have to. We have to go into the magic of if if a Phantom Menace, uh, either Plagueis or Sidious, did create Anakin Skywalker. Like, how is that a sort of dark side? You know, uh, spell was it's kind of some kind of incantation? Uh, is it what we saw in the Sewell novel where Palpatine's kind of hovering over? A pregnant Shmi was was it something to that effect? With force lightning and cackling, which is like yeah. only like he does that when he like picks up his first cup of coffee in the morning, and it's like he's like this is lightning, he's like ah, coffee, and then he does the same thing when he's impregnating people with the force. I mean, I, I that's yeah, it seems like witchery. It's you know yeah yeah that sort of thing, but it, I mean it's confirmed. It's in there because that's all you know. That um that comic was like this this did happen. I mean, it's heavily insinuated in episode one. Um, but I mean that's why I'm starting to come around on your theory. Uh yep. because it's so heavily insinuated that it's just there and vague enough. So, you know, nine movies later, um, they can refer back to it and be like, Oh yeah, that was that was a corruption of the force right. and, and this is yeah. the true virgins that we've been waiting for. So we have a breaking right now, breaking story, not uh, breaking story, but uh, a description of the Kylo Ren comic series by Charles Sewell uh, on Twitter. And he says, um, these are, this is in his own work, in his own words, just uh, kind of summarizing what the comic is. Uh, With Ben Solo's fall comes Kylo Ren's rise. Young Ben Solo is legendary Jedi Luke Skywalker's most promising pupil. As the son of Rebel Alliance heroes Leia Organica, Organa and Han Solo, as well as Luke's own nephew, Ben has the potential to be a great force for light in the galaxy. But the Skywalker legacy casts a long shadow. The currents of the dark side run deep, and Darth Vader's blood runs in Ben's veins. Voices call from both his past and his future, telling him who he must be. He will shatter. He will be reforged. His destiny will be revealed. Snoke awaits. The Knights of Ren await. Ben Solo's path to his true self begins here. Wow. I mean, talk about a heavy like comic series. Can, I can't believe yeah. they're doing this in comics. Honestly, it's <laughs> yeah. such a massive story. <laughs> but but the the dark side runs deep in their family in the Skywalker bloodline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean that's so telling. It's like yeah, there it is. I mean, we know you, Luke used it to defeat his dark side father. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard, right? Like it's it's there. Like it's how do you? I mean, we can talk about fate and bloodlines and all that, but, like, I don't know. I, this is going to be, like, overreaching, perhaps. But, like, imagine if you had a story where, like, Hitler's son was the savior, savior of the world. Right. Yeah. That would be a hard story to swallow. Right, because be we know, yeah, like, no one would give Hitler's son a chance, right? But right. we don't know it's Hitler's son, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. And it's told, I mean, the way we're exposed to is we're told out of order in a very good way, right? First, we're exposed right. to Luke before Anakin. But it's it's interesting. I just, 
I don't know. And then the way Luke was, and this is, I don't want to open this can of worms, but I can't help it. When we see Luke in episode eight, right? Like it's hard. It's hard with that, with the, with the life that character has lived to have that be the, 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 the ultimate like bloodline right. stories, right? Like, like, so his father it, it turns into space Hitler, his himself turns into a hermit. Like how does that how did those two people be the right. chosen one either of them no offense right yeah no just a thought no it makes sense it just feels like there's a piece of the puzzle or two that we're missing yeah um that's going to lead towards ray and it's going to explain the whole picture and we just haven't seen it and if yeah, ray is like a secret skywalker that's weird too, right? Because it's like again, yeah, that's weirder. Like I would rather she just be like, oh no, she's the chosen one, you know. But like, and all this stuff is this weird, you know, prologue to, um, to the chosen one story. But the, I mean, we keep hearing the word balance, and it's like, I mean, Grant, you say corruption, I say balance. Like, yeah, like yes, I believe there there is this dark fault line. Um, within the Skywalker lineage that is the dark side, but is it just 50, 50, you know, it's just like, are they just like cursed with being balanced? Like with being both things, right. not gray, but black and white. Mm. They just have a very hot, maybe, maybe they can hear the, maybe the force is just louder for them. Like it's calling out to them on both sides. Yeah, yeah. On both sides. And you, it's inescapable to um, acquiesce to one side or the other yeah. at any given time. Right. Um, but so uh, I love Ray as the true chosen one. Honestly, if the movie goes in that direction, I love it. I absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Um, I also can see a true chosen one fused with a kind of raider type thing as well. But I mean, here we go. I won't. It's been, I won't like, what two weeks since we've heard hashtag raider? I won't. I won't get into that either. That's just <laughs> a bit, that's a bit strange. Um, well, I, not to, not I want to, you to. I'm egging you on because I want to hear more Raider things. I, well, not to back Grant. Just full circle uh, stuff, just narrative stuff, just structural stuff. Because the, the, the hard truth is that like it, everything, all we're learning is like actually backing up your, your crazy theories. Well, it's Raider is a structural OCD type thing. It's not like I don't think it's politically sound. I think I would do a different thing. I wouldn't mm -hmm. do that. I just think it's structurally, it's, it's structurally sound in a weird way. But it's just it. There's a lot of other problems with it. I think, like social, political. Actually, well, but you get your cake and eat it too, right? Because if you tell the story in a way that that kind of hits on what Ben said, which is like the force finds a way. Not to make it sound like we're in now Jurassic Park, but like, <laughs> but like, but think about this, right? Like, so the force meant for Anakin to be the chosen one, but for some reason it didn't go that way because of corruption from the dark side. It just restarted. Right. So it's not so that's how you get your reincarnation without it actually being gendered or anything. Just the force saying, oops, retry. You know what I mean? Like, we're just going to yeah. do it again until we get yeah. it. And, and uh, yeah. And that prophecy, that line from the prophecy, how it's like, you know, you'll find life again through your through your greatest student, your apprentice or whatever. It's like as if Luke taught Vader in a lifetime that there's good in him and that he's now coming back to finally balance the force. But right. not he. I hate using that uh, pronoun. It's like, yeah a spirit i don't yeah. you know that a lot of people are going to get real judgy over any over that decision so i don't feel like that's a sound way to go but yeah. but it's interesting structurally i think uh it, it works structurally but um but i'm gonna put devil's advocate to true chosen one and i'm gonna ask the question uh could ray be an even darker uh force uh, of nature you know could could have could palpatine have made an even darker experiment and could that be the res result in Ray? Because um, you know, and if, if if we don't really know what the magic involved was, what the magic was uh, that brought Anakin to existence, so and it does seem like there's a renaissance of the Sith right now with the Sith, with these Sith troopers and the red striped star destroyers and what looks like a Sith armada in the unknown regions and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it makes me think this whole game has been rigged from the beginning, and maybe this renaissance started a long time ago when when Palpatine first took took rule of the galaxy, took over the galaxy, and uh, maybe he's bringing back ancient Sith lords. Like I'm just just entertaining the idea that maybe the Skywalkers were an ancient dark side, you know, Lord of the Sith who possibly could navigate both sides of the Force, and that was kind of his whole 
gist, and then maybe there's an even darker entity that was used to create Ray, maybe a like Abeloth from the EU, or maybe like a Duarte Sage, you know, so, you know, something like that, like an even darker, more ancient character. That mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's a lot of lore extract. It's a lot of like expansion of the lore that you couldn't fit into a into a you know two hour movie or two to three hour movie. Yeah. So I don't think that they can do that, but it's super. It's just a super interesting idea that I think like Ray could even face a bigger threat within herself, like maybe even more power and even a bigger pull to the dark side. Yeah. No, I love that. I like that a lot. I, I'm with you though. At the same time, like you said, it's just like how much can you do in, yeah. in a movie? But but I love it. Like I just don't. Yeah, know I, I'd want to see as much lore as possible. And yeah. All these <laughs> options. It, it, it's just yeah. I mean, I don't know how to make movies. I hope it's a three-hour movie and we get a ton right. of lore, like Me bombs too. in there. Right. Because um, the amount of non-lore we get in the comics and all these, you know, ancillary media that support the films, it's like there's almost nothing there. So it's like yeah. this movie can be jam-packed with lore, and then the floodgates can open after the movie. So it's like there's so much that can be revealed. I feel like. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, you know what's interesting is like we're we're still tackling the concept of balance in these movies and i mean according to luke i mean the reason why he just like abandoned the force was because he's trying to uh tamp down the rise of the dark side and like we had sort of some balanced things but if palpatine ex- like i wonder if like palpatine spirit like couldn't would have tipped the scales until luke skywalker died and then it was like that allowed like him to come up, and now it's like Palpatine and Ray, and they're the they're the two remaining Force users that are like, you know, booing each other. They're like on the opposite ends of the seesaw. Yeah. Like I, I wonder if it's that like that literal. I always wonder like the math math works that way. Yeah, I think yeah. Like I mean, is he? You know, he's. Palpatine, if Palpatine exists in any way that's harnessing the Force, I mean, you would think it like there'd be Jedi springing up like mushrooms everywhere. And maybe there is, but I don't know. That's right. just an interesting aspect of it. Uh, there's definitely some major stuff that's going to go on between both Kylo and Rey and Palpatine, right? So I imagine there's going to be a lot of exposition between those three characters. Mm-hmm. At least I, I would think. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> he, uh, needs to, he needs to get in their ears, right? Both of them. Just okay. imagine like a throne room scene with Palpatine, <laughs> Kylo, and Ray. That would uh, be amazing. Oh, uh, gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Well, we have ninety-one days until we find it, <laughs> which is not that long. Like I remember, how, I remember I couldn't wait till it was like three hundred and sixty-five days away, and now it's under hundred days. I like, can't believe we're going to be watching a full-length feature film. I know. I know. Twice yeah. in a twice in a row. Yep. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it. That wraps up uh, tinfoil. Nice. Awesome. Great work, guys, and um, thanks very much, everyone, for listening to us. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, we're going to come back at you next week. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, so thanks for listening, and uh, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Yeah.